Welcome to TV7 Israel's podcast. We invite you to listen and share our latest content from Israel and the region. Shalom, I'm Michael Karam, and welcome to another edition of My Brother's Keeper. Today we'll be focusing in on the nation of Egypt in Scripture and also in its present situation, the church there. So we're going to begin by, um, by reading a, a, a portion of Scripture from the book of Isaiah. Uh, it's a section that many of us have focused on in, in recent years, and it talks about a prophetic promise regarding Egypt in that day, in the days, most likely the days that are to come, we believe. And I'm going to start from Isaiah 19.19. The whole chapter actually focuses in, it's a message or a judgment on Egypt, but it doesn't end with judgment. It ends with redemption, and finally, not only redemption, but with blessing. So as we look at the nation of Egypt, let's begin with this scripture and then see where the Holy Spirit will lead us as we talk with our guests today uh, from Egypt. In that day, there'll be an altar. This is verse 19 of Isaiah 19. In that day, there'll be an altar to the Lord in the midst of the land of Egypt and a pillar to the Lord at its border. It will be a sign and a witness to the Lord of hosts in the land of Egypt. When they cry to the Lord because of oppressors, he will send them a savior and defender and deliver them. And the Lord will make himself known to the Egyptians and the Egyptians will know the Lord in that day and worship with sacrifice and offering They'll make vows to the Lord and perform them, and the Lord will strike Egypt, striking and healing, and they will return to the Lord, and he will listen to their pleas for mercy and heal them. The scripture then goes on to describe a highway between Egypt and Assyria with Israel together. In the midst of that, we're going to be interviewing uh, Shadi Abadir, who's the director of Bridging Nations International Ministries, a ministry that focuses on connecting hearts across the nations for the purpose of worship and prayer. Connecting hearts and lifting hands is their motto. He and his family are currently living in Germany and working closely with houses of prayer in Germany and in Switzerland. Before we begin, let's just commit this time to the Lord. Father, in the name of Yeshua, we thank you for the land of Egypt and the role that it's played both in history and also right now in present, uh, not only uh, for your church, but also regarding the people of Israel and the land of Israel. Lord, we ask that you direct our conversation today, especially in these days when there's momentous changes taking place around the Middle East. Lord, we thank you for the ancient church in Egypt that goes back most likely all the way to Acts chapter 2 and the early apostles when they went down to Egypt. So Lord, we thank you for this time, this opportunity. We ask Holy Spirit, you'll lead and guide our conversation in this interview in the name of Yeshua. So welcome, Shadi, to the, the program. Um, like I said, the Egyptian church is one of the oldest uh, churches in the world. It dates back to the, most likely to the first century. And uh, Mar- the Apostle Mark, we don't have all the details. That's not going to be the main thing, but it is a very historic church. Actually, it predates even the Arab uh, population coming into Egypt, which happened about six centuries later. But Chadi, tell us a little bit about something. You're director of Bridging Hearts International, uh, sorry, Bridging Nations International Ministry. Tell us a little bit about you, 
your testimony. How did all this start for you? Yeah, thank you, Mike, Michael, for having me on today. Uh, for me, I grew up in Egypt very quickly, a Christian home, and at a young age, I just felt God's call in my life for uh, to serve Him. And long story short, I was in the desert, uh, age 27, seeking the Lord uh, for the direction of my life. And uh, he told me, build an altar and pray and seek my face. So I was there for three weeks, wow. just waiting on the Lord in the desert. And basically, the Lord in that moment encountered me in a very strong way. And he made me aware of his soon coming return and that I need to be somebody that is connected to the global church to work together to build altars of worship across the nations to prepare the way for the coming of the Lord. Just mm -hmm. like John the Baptist waited on the Lord in the desert and, and uh, pointed to Jesus when he came on the scene, I just felt like my role is to prepare myself in you know, the spirit of the forerunner spirit that John the Baptist uh, walked in and be part of a company of people that walks the same way. So mm -hmm. from that point on, the Lord just directed me to go to Kansas City. And it was actually exactly 10 years to the day from when the Lord first spoke to me. And it was on 24th of July, 2005, when I was able to go to the House of Prayer in Kansas City. Mm -hmm. And there the Lord uh, spoke to me and he said, you're called to build a bridge between IHOP in Kansas City to the Middle East and build altars of worship and bring teams and start a building that relationship with churches across the Middle East and body of Christ across the Middle East to wait on the Lord and connect hearts together and, and lift hands together waiting waiting on Jesus. So we uh, were in IHOP for many years and then recently just moved to Europe uh, to be closer to the Middle East and connect the body of Christ here in Europe as well. Now, Shadi, we know that from the you know the history of the Egyptian Church and its calling, there has a it has a very in a way like Israel has a very special relationship with the desert. Yes. Talk about it a little bit. I mean, talk about that in Egypt and in the Egyptian Church. Yeah, you know the church, as you mentioned in the beginning, like Mark went to Egypt and he uh, evangelized. The, the heathen, the, the pharaohs of Egypt at the time, the, the mm -hmm. Egyptians. And uh, Egypt, Egypt became a Christian nation for 600 years. And it was the, the foundation of uh, many of the theology that we believe today was came out of Egypt. Mm -hmm. uh, and the, the desert fathers who right. uh, lived in the desert and the monastic movement that started in Egypt that spread mm -hmm. across Europe uh, over the centuries. And, and the Middle started. East as well. Sorry? And the Middle East as well. I mean, it was a huge monastic movement throughout the Byzantine period. Yes, Go ahead. exactly. Yeah, and this really all started in Egypt. So, And, and I believe it goes back to God's calling uh, on Egypt being a nation of worship. Like mm. the, the scripture that you talked about, Isaiah 19, there will be an altar in the midst of the land. And we, we see over the years that this has been a reality. You know, the tabernacle of Moses being established uh, in, the in the desert, you know, outside yeah. the, when they came out. And this was the place where they worshiped the Lord. Mm -hmm. And uh, Jesus himself, you know, being 
taken into Egypt with Mary and Joseph uh, mm-hmm. to, to receive something from that land and to mm-hmm. release it to the nations. So I believe that Egypt is a, is a womb, you know, for, mm-hmm. for the nations. And, mm-hmm. and it's a very special place for God to nurture promises for his mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. You know, Abraham went uh, to Egypt when uh, Genesis 12, when, when God first spoke to him about his promises to Abraham, uh, the first thing that happened was that he was sent to Egypt after that. Uh, the first time uh-huh. Egypt is mentioned in scripture it's is after God's yeah. promise to Abraham. Uh, so there was something about Egypt that God wanted to connect Abraham to that has to do with his um, future and inheritance as well. Yeah, no, I mean, that's it, it's part of this, this kind of highway vision. Talk a little bit about this, uh, the idea of an altar. The altar is usually at uh, somewhat of an Old Testament or something in the Hebrew Bible. It's not something we read about that much in the new covenant and yet it's still very much a part of what's happening today what's happening in isaiah 19 uh, this whole idea of an altar you know we sort of put it back to, back to the old testament you yes. wanted to share a little bit about how god brought you into an understanding of this idea of an altar and how that connects to the prayer historic prayer movement and the, and the modern prayer movement yeah i think from the new testament perspective we are a kingdom of priests we are called to be a function in our priestly identity. And this is really our eternal identity before, uh, for all eternity. We are a kingdom of priests. So I think that the priests, the way they function is mm-hmm. before the Lord. The Old Testament, it was an altar of stone and, you know, sacrifice. In the New Testament, we are the body of Christ. We are the living stones. We worship him. We bring all of all that we are before him. So it's the altar of worship. It's like the company of people, the body of Christ, coming together to seek him and, and worship him in spirit and truth across mm-hmm. denominations, across uh, boundary lines and borders and nations. So it's the, the coming together of the living stones and functioning in our priestly role, priestly identity to mm-hmm. worship and intercede and to bring forth his purposes on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. You know, we were starting to, just in recent news, actually, there's been a lot of activity within, with the uh, change of government here in Israel and Egypt. They're starting to talk about new relationships, new communication. Do you yes. see this as well? as part of uh, perhaps even a relationship with Egypt and Israel that's changing and that could grow? Just give us, how do you see that in the context of Isaiah 19? Yeah, I think it's so uh, promising and exciting to to live in the time that we're living in uh, and see some of the things that God has established centuries ago Mm. and how it's coming to fulfillment, at least in a small measure. Yeah. The relationship Egypt and Israel goes all the way back, you know, to in the Old Testament. And so to so seeing the, the continuation, I see what's happening today is that continuation of what God has established uh, years ago. And mm-hmm. we see, I see that in the story of Joseph. Joseph, when he was brought to Egypt, it was actually brought to Egypt by the Ishmaelites. The, the, mm-hmm. the Midianites were Ishmaelites who are the descendants of Ishmael, who was an Egyptian, who was the son of Abraham and Hagar, who was an Egyptian. 
So That's right. Israel was brought into his, uh, sorry, Joseph was brought into his destiny by an Egyptian Ishmaelite uh, carriage uh, mm -hmm. company of people that brought him into Egypt. And in Egypt, his destiny was, was brought forth and was fulfilled. And out of his life, Joseph and his descendants, Moses came out, out of Egypt with a company of people which was became, became the nation of Israel. Right. So I see that Egypt was such a foundation for the release of Israel into her destiny. Mm -hmm. And again, I see that what's happening today, I believe, and we pray that there would be this, mm -hmm. uh, not just a political agreement, but spiritually, God would be doing yes. something in the spirit that once Very again yeah. connects the church of Egypt and Israel, where, where God would release his purposes for Israel and they walk in their inheritance and their destiny. So it's, I believe it's so connected yeah. Right. with Old Testament, it's one story, and we see it happen. You, you, just, you just returned from uh, time in Egypt. Give us a mood of what was happening within the evangelical church in Egypt right now regarding some of the things that you're speaking about. Yeah, it's really exciting. It's a new season, I believe. There was uh, several events that I was part of, and connecting many uh, streams across the body of Christ and around the, the theme of the resurrection. And there was such an agreement from so many leaders in the church that we are one body. You know, mm -hmm. the evangelicals, the Catholics, the Orthodox, the Syrian Orthodox, right. the many, many uh, denominations where now is the time when we have to recognize that we are one and that we are one body. And uh, the other front within the, the prayer movement, God has been bringing so many groups, so many uh, people that have been part of this uh, prayer movement for many, many years and finding each other. Now the houses of prayer across Egypt are finding each other and coming together. There was a moment in one of the meetings we were in, it was like the Holy Spirit came on people. It was like, uh, the only way I could describe it is like fireballs of he from heaven just fell wow. on people. And Amazing. suddenly it was like, Everyone was on their knees, on their faces, seeking God, just crying out their hearts mm. to the Lord. And with the, the conviction that we need to build the house of mm. prayer. And mm. it's not just about a ministry called the house of prayer, but the collective house of prayer in Egypt. The church right. of Jesus Christ in Egypt and the Middle East is mm. the house of prayer. You know, Jesus, Isaiah 56, 7, he says, just, My just was thinking about that. <laughs> shall be called a house of prayer all nations his Amen. definition of his house is the house of prayer so if Amen. it's not That's involving good. prayer it's really not his house the god yeah. is raising up the global body of christ to function as i said earlier in our priestly identity because Amen. we are called to be a house of prayer Amen. Amen. We're looking and looking at also some of the the developments that we just were saying i mean obviously in the modern nation state uh, the relationships have been the, between the countries have been kind of uh, hot and cold at times. Uh, now it seems like we're going, like I said, it seems like we're going through a, a, a season where things could actually begin to, to, to come to another level through the Abrahamic Accords, everything like that. I mean, obviously, these are more political, diplomatic, uh, uh, geopolitical realities, but they do point to something within this Isaiah 19 scripture. And this is something that we probably should make people, you know, aware of. It's, it's, it's an important time right now in the Middle East as these nations 
tend to kind of have relations and we can, we can actually move under those. I mean, we're expecting a lot of people here in Israel coming from Egypt uh, yeah. soon because of some of the statements that the president has made recently. How did you fi- find the, the, the atmosphere of, of religious freedom? Did you feel like it, people were free, there was security? What was the situation like? Yeah, I mean, I think for the most part, it's definitely getting better, and it's uh, going in the right direction, the positive direction. The right. the Christians have uh, a lot of freedoms, and we're able to worship and meet and gather. Uh, I think in other places, the remote areas, it's more challenging than in the bigger cities, in the you know the smaller communities and churches that are more isolated. Uh, it's still people can feel. Uh, intimidated sometimes or just not feeling the the freedom to to Mm -hmm. function uh in in the faith as much but i think overall things are going in in the right direction and and uh, people are more and more free and many are uh connecting with the lord in many new ways yeah wow that's wonderful just help us as the as the rest of people in, in in europe and the nations look at egypt what are some of the challenges and opportunities? What things do they need to be praying for for the, the church in Egypt? And what are the opportunities that they need to be, you know, really believing for that the Egyptian church? I mean, we talked about this prophetic promise in Isaiah 19 many times on this program, this kind of connection between nations that are enemies blessing the whole earth. But talk about, you know, what are the, what are the challenges? What, what challenges are they facing? And what opportunities are there in Egypt right now for, uh, for the church? Yeah, I think the the challenge is to walk in unity, to continue to walk yeah. in unity. I think mm-hmm. because of the historic uh, church, you know, there's been a there's a lot of uh, streams, you know, of the body of Christ, which is a great thing because it has uh, everybody has a unique way of expression of the faith. But I think the mm-hmm. challenge is to find our the heart connect and mm. believe in one another and to continue to walk together in yes. unity as one body so i think mm. because when we are connected when we're united then we have the authority that uh that we uh are given in scripture but we mm. cannot function in that authority if we're divided so i think because of the uniqueness of the hour we need to walk together as one body in the church of Egypt. So I think to pray against division, to pray against competition, to pray for the unity of the body of Christ, the love of God to be poured in our hearts by the Holy Spirit towards one another. Right. Very good. I mean, one of the things that you, one of the things you pointed out was the John 17 scripture. I mean, that's one of Jesus' main prayers. We who have prayed and walked on this Isaiah 19 highway often connect those two Yes. At the same time, I think it's important that people understand that there's a historic church and then there's a modern evangelical church and then there are other churches. So there's, you know, within this, uh, I don't know how many million, there's probably 12% of the population, which is quite big for a Middle Eastern country. So it represents yeah. one of the biggest churches today in the Middle East and one of the most yeah. influential, even not only in the Middle East, but also in Africa uh, yes. as well as being a North African nation. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no, in uh, November 11th, after the revolution, November 11, 2011, so that's 10 years ago, right. there was a huge prayer gathering in the Cave Church. Uh, people can Google it and find the, the Cave Church prayer meeting. 
And there was almost 40,000 people, 50,000 people maybe. Incredible. From it's all denominations yeah. coming together for 12 hours to seek the Lord. And this was, I believe, the beginning of that unity movement. We wow. have we touched something and experienced something that mm. the connecting the, the evangelicals with the historic church that so we walked powerful. together. And there's such power that Amen. was manifest. So I think... We lost some of that momentum over the last several years, but then I think we're coming back to that. There's awareness that we need to walk in that unity. So I think that's the challenge, but also the opportunity at the same time. There is so much that can happen Very good. Uh, as we walk together in agreement. Mm -hmm. Excellent. And then finally, you know, I mean, you've talked a little bit about this. Uh, you've been involved in the Isaiah 19 movement for a while. You've seen all these things. What what kind of what kind of things do you see happening right now on that front? What opportunities there? Yeah, I mean, I'm excited about this Isaiah 19 regarding uh, Egypt and actually Iran uh, specific. Mm. When you mm. look at the promises of Isaiah 19 uh, and the highway, the nations that are involved is Egypt on the western side and then Southern the side. extent is Iran on the east side. Mm -hmm. So that geographical bookends, if you would say, that's right, would be Egypt and Iran. This is the extent. Mm -hmm. And biblically you also see that you know the nation of Israel was released out of Egypt and then after they came into the land and the captivity happened it was the Persians that released them back to go to their nation. And it's the, the, the Old Testament storyline, you know, starts in Egypt and then it ends in Iran. The, wow. the people who were released, the people of Israel were under the Persian uh, empire. So I think e excellent that- Excellent insight, excellent insight on that. That's very God good. Is saying, I believe that it's the time for the church in Egypt and Iran to connect and the church in Israel to connect. And it's that to connect the overall, you know, the, the tabernacle of worship, so to speak, Amen. from Amen. the extent to, to extend the 10 pegs to cover those extreme uh, ends of mm -hmm. the highway. And right. from there, it will be cover every all the nations. So I think it's time to pray for these two nations specifically. Mm -hmm. And two, that, very, influ two very influential nations in the Middle East. I mean, Egypt has a huge Sunni uh, block. It's, uh, it houses uh, Al-Azhar University. It, uh, you yeah. know, it has some of the biggest media. It also has the biggest Christian population. Iran as well, very big nation, very influential on the northern side or the kind of the eastern side of the highway. Shadi, that was a very interesting uh, connection. I think that's a wonderful point that most times our readers, when they're looking at the news, don't see. Could you elaborate more on the relationship between Egypt and Iran and what you see coming, going on? Yeah, when you look at the way Egypt and Iran bless Israel, uh, it's fascinating. So Egypt released Israel to go out of Egypt, and they re received gold, and they received uh, many, many things from the land, and this was what they used actually to build the Ark of the Covenant. The wow. gold from the Ark of the Covenant was the gold that was brought out of Egypt. Mm -hmm. And then centuries later, when you see that people were released under Persia, under Cyrus, King Cyrus, he also provided for the building of the temple. He, from the finances, from the treasury of the king himself, wow. it was the funding for the, for the building of the temp temple. 
So Egypt and Iran were the two main nations that financed the building of the house of prayer in Israel. So I believe, again, when you talk about the Isaiah 19 and it's the altar of worship and the worship across these nations, it's Egypt and Iran blessing Israel and then all the nations in between becoming this, this house of prayer. You know, we don't have a lot of time left, but I do want to make sure that we'd like you to lead us in prayer for, uh, you know, Egypt, for its place in the Middle East, for what, what is God's doing there. And I think specifically, I know you have a real heart for the, the coming generation, the next generation of, of people, that they, that they get this revelation, that they see their identity, their calling, their destiny within Egypt, but doesn't just affect Egypt, that affects all the rest of the Middle East and the nations. Right. Yeah. yeah, so go ahead and just pray. We don't have a lot, we don't have a lot of time, but I want to leave this time for you just to pray in and lead, lead in prayer for, for this, for your nation and for the rest of the Middle East. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you are the father of the nations, Lord. We thank mm-hmm. you that there is a plan in your heart that started centuries ago, God, concerning your people, Egypt. Mm-hmm. But Father, we, we ask you, Lord, Today, we agree, Lord, that you are working deep work in the hearts of the leaders, the hearts of the young people. We ask you, Lord, by the power of your spirit to come and impart to them your heart, Lord, to to worship and to stand in unity, to stand in agreement. Father, we pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, Lord, that they would walk into the fullness of what you have called them to be. And Lord, the the house of prayer, the house of worship, your house of prayer, Lord, to be established across Egypt, Lord. We ask you for your grace, Lord, upon each heart, each individual that said yes to you, said yes to this calling. And we pray for the president, we pray for the government, we pray for wisdom to be given to them in this time to fulfill your plans, Lord, your plans for Egypt and the region. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. People, uh, people can find you on the internet and at uh, uh, Bridging uh, Nations International. Yes. Is that your That's site? Correct. Yeah. Okay. That's Bridging good. Nations, BNIMinistries.org. Okay. Very good. I also wanted to just make mention that you know, I've been, um, I've had a chance to just read through um, Joel Rosenberg's book on the Abrahamic Accords, Enemies and Allies, and he talks quite openly about his relationship with the president. And mm. uh, very, very interesting. I mean, I don't know if our, our, our viewers have a chance, but it's a, it's a very interesting book to look at, talking about how the Abrahamic Accords developed. But it was an evangelical Christian who was living in Israel who made a very, very interesting connection with him. So, Thank you for praying for the the leadership. It's very important in these situations. We want to thank you again for joining us at uh, My Brother's Keeper. I'm Michael Karam. Shalom from Jerusalem. We hope to see you again next time on My Brother's Keeper. Thank you for joining us in another TV7 Israel podcast. For more content, visit our website at tv7israelnews.com or follow us on social media.